0: back to the soccer brothers podcast this is episode number 50 i'm your host soccer tan as always i'm joined by my brother nihal how you doing nihal
1: i'm doing really well man it's crazy that it's been 50 episodes an entire year since we had our first episode on june 16th 2015 it's been crazy thank you to our listeners to our guests and to ambitious strike for making this all happen uh one more thing i do want to apologize for our lack of episodes in the last week we did not get to have a an episode after the USA versus Paraguay match. Unfortunately, we have people in town, things got busy. Uh, but now let's settle down. We should be having episodes. Uh, we haven't talked about the Euros, so we're going to get into that. Um, but how are you doing, man? How are you doing?
0: I'm doing great. I mean, it's been less than a week since I saw that uh, Broadway musical Hamilton. It won like 11 to- Tonys. It's great. And it was a life-changing experience.
1: Yeah, I mean, don't talk like, don't make it seem like, you know, oh, you just saw Hamilton. This is something we've both been obsessed with for a long time Okay, now. yeah, yeah.
0: Not that Broadway the, musical yeah. Hamilton. The, the Broadway, Broadway musical Hamilton. Yeah. yeah. Uh,
1: we, both, we both love it. I got to see it a month ago. It's absolutely incredible. It's a genius concept. It's Insanely well executed. The music is fantastic. The acting is great. The story and the messages embedded into, the sto- into a story that's relatable to all of us is wonderful. And the fact that this story, with such impersonal characters in terms of how we approach them through history, like George Washington, Alexander Hamilton, are so personal and are, are so relatable, as I said. And I think it's just such a masterfully done piece of art and probably my favorite, definitely my favorite show that I've ever seen or music, music of a show that I've ever heard. Um, I, mean, I just can't say enough
0: about it. it yeah, it no, incredible. no, it's fantastic. I mean, b- before, you know, you think of the Founding Fathers just as kind of, like like they say, as like statues and, but, you know, with this contemporary art form that they're using to, right. to convey the story, it's just, uh, you know, as they say, they eliminate any barrier between the audience and, right. and the show and it just it, you, you don't even have to like get adjusted to the fact that it's set in set the 1700s that's right. not something that happens yeah
1: right it, it's just so 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 well done I urge anyone who has not listened to it or heard of Hamilton to please go check out the soundtrack um, it's incredible and obviously yeah it's, it's just amazing
0: yeah I, I, you were talking just before about how it's been a year since you started this podcast June 16th but a year before that day that was also a big day for the U.S. men's national team as John Brooks hit the header that beat Ghana in the group stages of the 2014 World Cup. Can you believe it's been two years since that happened?
1: Nah, it's, time is flying by, man. Um, it's uh, For him especially, it's, it's exciting to see how far he's progressed in that two years with the national team. We always sort of knew he's going to be this great player, but he's just been killing it.
0: No, so, yeah, I mean, tonight, especially against in that game against Paraguay, he was, he was fantastic. Yeah. Uh, before we talk about a lot of soccer, why don't we talk about Ambitious Strike?
1: Yeah, Ambitious Strike is an amazing soccer-themed apparel company. Go check them out at AmbitiousStrike.com. That's A-M-B-I-T-I-O-U-S dot com. Use the code, oh, excuse me, A-M-B-I-T-I-O-U-S, S-T-R-Y-K dot com. Don't forget to use the code BROTHERS at checkout for a 15% off discount on your entire purchase.
0: On June 16th, in the quarterfinals of the Copa America Centenario, the USA, winner of Group A, took on Ecuador, the runner-up of Group B, in a match that ended up being 2-1 where the Americans were victorious. Yes.
1: Yeah. Um, I mean, it was a crazy match. Probably the most worked up I've gotten about a U.S. match since the World Cup. Um, It was amazing to be in that sort of knockout experience again that wasn't the Gold Cup. Um, And it was just an exciting match to watch. Seattle, unfortunately, they didn't bring everyone, but they did a really good job of hosting it. The crowd was pretty good. I was a little bit
0: disappointed. I I
1: was disappointed too. Very disappointed with the broadcast. I know it's not Fox Sports' fault. I was tweeting about it, but it's not their fault. I mean, just the close-ups and the replays were ridiculous, and we were missing so much action. And I just could not get over that. I was so mad. Yeah,
0: especially Uh, the first half. I could.
1: Oh yeah, and I think they got a lot of complaints. But I mean, they're just all of a sudden they would have these replays and close-ups, and then the ball would be in the final third. I mean, soccer is about watching that development. That's what's so beautiful about it, at least in my opinion. So it, it was that was disappointing. But the U.S. played well, I think. Uh, aside from a couple of moments, you know, Ecuador definitely had their chances that they probably should have put no, put away. The U.S. also had their fair sh- fair, their fair share of chances, uh, but the U.S. got it done onto yeah. the semifinals.
0: Why don't we talk about some of the big moments, then we'll get into the three things that we learned from the match. Uh, so in the 22nd minute, um, Wood is ma- making this great run off, off a Clint Dempsey pass, and he, he plays around with it a little bit. We wanted him to shoot it right away, yeah. uh, but, but he went uh, farther down to the right side and played it backwards into Jermaine Jones on the edge of the box, who played a wonderful one-timed ball uh, into the box for Clint Dempsey, who had a really good header, uh, who put yeah. it back, past Dominguez.
1: Yeah, Clint Dempsey, absolutely fantastic. Um, he, that was a great header, number one. Great ball by Jermaine Jones, Clint Dempsey's 52nd goal, five shy of breaking Landon Donovan's record, or five, five shy of tying Landon Donovan's record, excuse me, of 57 for the United States national team. And this guy continues to get it done and continues to be one of the best players on the team.
0: Yeah, definitely. He, he is just a, a symbol of American soccer. It's uh, fair to say that. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, in the 52nd minute, Antonio Valenza, Valencia already had a yellow card before that, but he goes in for a hard challenge from behind on Alejandro yeah, Badoya. It's
1: not even a hard challenge from behind. He kicks out at Badoya. Yeah. Um, absolutely ridiculous play <laughs> by Valencia there.
0: Which we got to see at least 15 times thanks to those replays. <laughs> uh,
1: <laughs> before we saw what Jermaine Jones Yeah, exactly. That's what I was yeah. going to say, yeah. Uh,
0: and speaking of that, in the midst of uh, everyone arguing because of that challenge and whether, I guess, the Ecuador players were defending... Uh, Valencia, um, Jermaine Jones swiped at Michael Arroyo's face and that earned him a straight red card, which some people were up in arms about. Some people thought it should be a yellow card, but um, he took his time walking off the field and you could see a, definitely a difference in the way the U.S. played past that moment.
1: One, Jermaine Jones was still on the field when they played the next ball, Ecuador. When yeah, Bobby That's ridiculous. Nice Come on, ref. Apparently the sideline ref called it, uh, or excuse me, the fourth official called it. Jurgen Klinsman was not happy. I guess according to the new rules, as Dr. Joe was talking about, I guess that is a red card. Jermaine Jones has got to keep his composure there. I understand that he got punched at first. I don't know why Arroyo wasn't sent off. Uh, I understand that he was maybe sticking up for his teammate. But one, he was already on yellow from the previous match. So he's got to know that. Two, ridiculous to punch another player. Or swipe at, at another player, as you said. Just a, an absolute lack of composure, lack of discipline, and uh, really disappointing stuff for Jermaine Jones. Because at that point, you're up one nothing, You, uh, we were, yeah, one nothing, And, um, you go up, you go up a man, you're in the driver's seat. You know, and this match was much closer than it had to be because of that, you, f- you have to feel like.
0: Yeah, I, I definitely agree with you there. Uh, the next big moment was in the 65th minute where, uh, Wood was uh, in our attacking third, and he rolled it back to Beasler, who's playing left back in this match. An interesting choice by Klinsman. Mm-hmm. And uh, played a long ball into Zardis, who barely wins the header down into Clint Dempsey, who uh, plays it across goal, and Zardis ends up um, safely finishing it.
1: Yeah, you know, Dempsey has to be disappointed that he didn't score there, but Zardis able to tap it in. Zardis somehow scores. The US is up 2 0. It looks like <laughs> we're in the driver's seat.
0: Yeah, it looked like that until the seventy-fourth minute, where Arroyo, Arroyo, Michael Arroyo received a free kick pass from the captain Walter Iovie, uh, and he did a he made a great one-time finish into the far left corner, who beat Guzan, and it was two-one.
1: Yeah, uh, it was a uh, yeah, it was a great finish by Arroyo, Walter Iovi, great player. He's sort of like an ageless wonder for the Ecuadorian national team. And at that point, you're thinking. At that point and afterwards, for the last 20 minutes, you think Ecuador is going to get a, an equalizer maybe even a winner, but the U.S. was able to hold on uh, despite some bad giveaways and some questionable clearances. The U.S. was able to hold on and win 2-1, and they're on their way to the semifinals against either Venezuela or Argentina.
0: Yeah, uh, it's definitely an exciting time to be a US, a U.S. men's national team fan. Maybe the most exciting. Uh, it's been a while. Uh, Absolutely, yeah. I mean, Definitely since the World Cup.
1: Yeah. I mean, one of the semifinals. It was unfortunate that the NBA finals were tonight, uh, Game 6, because I think that definitely will take away from, from attention to this, because this is a big deal. This is one of the biggest results in U.S. men's national team history, I truly believe. It's up there with Dos Cerro in the World Cup. It's up there with the win against Argentina in the Copa America in 95. It's up there with the shot heard around the world in 89 by, by Caligiuri. Uh, it 's just a fantastic win and it 's a win it 's a, it's, it's a great moment for u s soccer and we have to go into probably the Argentina match most likely it 's going to be Argentina with our heads held high and we have to play we have to play the way we 're we're, we're supposed to and hopefully hopefully get a result i th- i feel I have a feeling the only way we are going to get a result is in penalties but i don 't know we 'll see
0: did you say Argentina
1: I said probably Argentina okay
0: okay good. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and uh, I think we won't have to worry about the NBA Finals for that, because I think that should end on Sunday.
1: It, it doesn't end on yeah. Sunday, unless we go to a Game 8. <laughs> <laughs> can't
0: happen. <it>. Yeah, <laughs> it will end on Sunday, um, whether Cleveland or Golden State wins. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so why don't we talk about the three things we learned from this game? So what there was you your go. first thing?
1: My first thing is, Ender Valencia is not a world-class finisher. Uh, there were a couple of chances, two headers, like, Two, well, one header in the first half that he probably should have scored. Two headers in the second half, he definitely should have scored. Um, it, I mean, there were two great chances. Valencia had, was really good for Pachuca, has been good for West Ham in, in England, but did not bring it tonight and missed some wide-open chances right in front of goal. Yeah,
0: definitely think Antonio Valencia won the Valencia battle.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, he was sent off.
0: <laughs> that's well, okay, fine. <laughs> in the first half, though. Okay. Because, because the, the chance that was sticking out to me was when um, uh, Antonio Valencio headed it to Enner Valencio, who couldn't finish it. Right. Yeah, that's true, though. Antonio Valencio was sent off. So yeah. it's a tie. <laughs> okay. Um, my first thing is that I think the U.S. lacks discipline. I mean, we saw this in the Paraguay game, just getting so many yellow cards. DeAndre Edlin getting two yellow cards within a minute um, with some reckless challenges there. Uh, the first one was arguable, but I don't know. Just in general, this team has been looking like we... For some reason, everyone's feeling the need to go in for, you know, like, harsh challenges and uh, Jermaine Jones is here retaliating or whatever. And I don't know if this has something to do with the way, you know, Klinsman is managing because after after the match, Klinsman had his press conference or whatever, and he said that... Um, he didn't really say that Jermaine Jones made a mistake. He just said it was a terrible call. It's a terrible call. You know, like, like, you know, FIFA should be ashamed or whatever. And it's, I think that may point to a concern because, I mean, it's just been really disappointing. I, I thought the U.S. was a cleaner team than they've been showing so far.
1: Well, you know, one, I don't fault Klinsman because, you know, the coach is going to stick up for his player. We saw Steve Kerr do it with Steph Curry today. Uh, it happens. Two, I do agree with you. I think it is the mentality of Quinsman. We we heard him talking before the tournament about how we need to be nasty as a team. And especially in the last two games, we have been that. So many yellow cards against Paraguay. A couple against uh, Ecuador, including, of course, the red card. But, uh, you know, these matches have been really, really testy. Even all of them, except maybe Colombia was probably the most tame one. But they've been really scrappy. And they've been... Very chippy, which I know I just basically said the same thing. But it sort of led to this sort of violence in the game. And we saw it at last year's Copa America in 2015 with some of the officiating. Remember Neymar being banned? Uh, The Chilean guy sticking his finger up Cavani's butt? I mean, all these things that just don't belong in (laughs) soccer. (laughs) So I, I, I I think it makes the tournament great. But I also think the referees need to get a grip. And credit to the referee for handling the situation and stamping his foot on this one. The Parag- the referee that we had against Paraguay was absolutely awful. Um, I, I don't really think the referee made any egregious errors in this match, to be fair. Except for maybe he should have sent off Arroyo. But I, overall, I don't know if we lack discipline. I think certain players do, like Jermaine Jones and... Bobby Wood, and I think in the last two matches we've been playing an aggressive style of soccer and been trying to take the game to our opponents, and that's a byproduct of that aggressiveness in our game. Right. And I think in order to play that way, you need to have you need to have some sort of semblance of aggressiveness, and you know it, it results in DeAndre Edlin being suspended for this game, and Alejandro Bedoya, Jermaine Jones, and Bobby Wood being suspended for the next game. But luckily the yellow cards reset, so. I guess that's a plus. I mean, if we... Well, we actually, we don't even need to advance because there will be that third-place match. So, um, you know, the right. cards will reset, and we'll have our players for that.
0: Yeah, I, I mean, you, you talked about Bobby Wood. I, I think that is one of the worst examples of this because his role really doesn't... He, he, he's playing at striker. He didn't need to make either of these challenges and, he, and he, he's been a crucial. He was, he was involved in both of the goals today and now he's not going to play yeah. against the winner of Argentina-Venezuela. So.
1: Well, I mean, the yellow card against Paraguay was ridiculous. It was for shoving. I mean, come on. You don't need to do that. Although, you know, there may have been some sort of acting there. You know, ah, just... Come on.
0: It doesn't matter, though. I mean, and, you know, there's...
1: I'm being extremely hypocritical. If I were a soccer player, I'd probably have red cards left and right. <laughs> but, yeah. but I'm not. So I, I think, you know, at that level, there's some sort of. Pro- you need to have some sort of professionalism. You need to keep your cool. And Bobby Wood will definitely be missed.
0: Yeah. Well, what was your second thing that you learned from this game?
1: John Brooks is a god. And I think he he's an American legend already. I mean, against Paraguay, he was absolutely fantastic. 10 out of 10. Tonight, he had maybe one mistake. He almost scored an own goal. But he just is so. Freaking good. And I have no doubt watching the Germany team that he could play in that team. I I I, I think this is an abs- this is so wonderful that we were able to, to snag this player, that he's so passionate about this national team. Uh, you should definitely go check out Brian Schereta's article on American Soccer now about John Brooks and how Thomas Rongen was able to bring him into the camp. But uh, he Oh, man, he's yeah. such a joy to watch. He's such a joy to watch. And we have so much center back talent coming through the coming through the woodworks right now. We have John Brooks, obviously, who's only 23 years old, and he's already this good. We obviously have Jeff Cameron already there. Then we have players like Matt Miazga, Eric Palmer-Brown, Cameron Carter-Vickers. If one of these guys is even close to John Brooks' level, we're going to have some, a great center back partnership for a long, long time. And, you know, it's not only his defending – it's his awareness, his tactical awareness. He, his, you know, multiple times he springs the offside trap. His awareness of where he needs to position his body in order to clear the ball. His ability to pass the ball upfield, long balls or even short balls in tight spaces, and, you know, his, you know, his awareness in, in terms of just his challenges. I think one thing stands out into my mind where he heads the ball away from almost a crouching position. <clears throat> Excuse me. I don't think many players do that. I think they just try to clear it. And we saw Jeff Cameron try to do that, and he whiffed on the ball. And I think, I just think John Brooks is, if not the, one of the top two or three best players on this team.
0: No, I definitely agree with you. I mean, it's not often that you say that one of the most exciting players to watch on a team is a center back. Right. It's just just not something that you see very often. And, and you're right. He's, he's so clean in the way that he does right. everything. It's not. It doesn't look sloppy like I feel like sometimes Jeff right. Cameron can look. And you're talking about the passion that he shows. I, I love seeing players sing the National Anthem. Right. He's one of the players that does right. that on the team. So. Right.
1: Exactly, exactly. And, you know, he he's not only – he's so – he's fast. He's good in the air. He's smart. He controls the play. You know, he, he reminds me – I don't even know who he reminds me of. But he, he's just such a great player. And I think he can be an absolute legend. And I'm hoping this summer he moves to a top team. Or Everton. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's always when you hall says with Americans.
1: <laughs> no, I mean, John Brooks is one of them because Ertha Berlin aren't in the Champions League. So I'd be okay. Like Players like Christian Pulisic and Fabian Johnson, I would not want at Everton. Because I think they're in good situations. John Brooks... I think, oh my God, a John Brooks John Stones partnership would be absolutely amazing. But uh, yeah, I- I'm I'm just very very excited um, about Brooks going forward and Brooks right now. He, I think he's got to be in the best eleven of the tournament.
0: Uh yeah, yeah no, I definitely agree with you. Clint Dempsey though was also making a case there. I mean they can both. Be yeah yeah definitely. Uh yeah um mine. Wait, that was your number two? That
1: was my number yeah. two.
0: My number two thing that I learned is Beasler is a is a very viable uh, option at left back. Okay. Um, I thought he played, you know, as Jeff Cameron said post-game, he played a, played a very clean game. I didn't see too many major mistakes from him. He was involved in the second goal playing that great ball in the Zardis. Zardes. And um, he has the willingness to get, to, to get forward, but obviously he's going to be a little bit more defensive-minded because he usually plays center back for Sporting Kansas City. Um, but you know, I think that he's definitely in some games when you want a more defensive minded presence, presence, you can't necessarily trust Fabian Johnson, uh, because of his willingness to get forward. It might be a, it might be a viable option. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I think, I think you're right. I thought he had a good game. I think a lot of that also had to do with how good Alejandro Bedoya was on the left side tracking Antonio Valencia and Paredes. I think they both, both worked well together. Now, let me ask you this in the next match. Do you now start Beesler at left back and move Fabian Johnson into the midfield? Is that an option? I know I'm just freaking this out you. Because you
0: have Yedlin back.
1: Yeah, you have Yedlin back. Um, As- and we're missing Bedoya, we're missing Jones, we're missing Bobby Wood. To have another attacking presence there, I think it's a possibility. I don't know if it's our best option. I just think it's it's an option
0: that we should consider. Yeah, I definitely... I actually definitely can see that happening. I'm not sure if we're going to open up in a, in a 4-4-2 or 4-3-3, but I think either way, he can play left mid or left wing. Yeah. Um. Yeah.
1: We'll we'll talk more about the next match after we finish our three things. Uh, yeah.
0: Uh, basically, though, I, I think Fabian Johnson's best position is left mid or left wing. Yeah. Not, not fullback, but... Um, you're, you're I mean, just he trying played to, well tonight. I guess Jurgen's just trying to put the. Actually, no, I, I can't say that he's trying to put the best players on the field, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because Jossie's artist and whoever else. But um, yeah, I mean, I, I definitely could see that happening, and uh, I would be more comfortable that than that than I was before this game.
1: And remember, on this podcast, in I think it was January, I said I think Klinsman is going to play Matt Beasley at left back. Do you remember that?
0: I. I think you're joking, but no, yeah, I was I
1: not joking
0: Because <laughs> oh, i th- I thought we both laughed about it afterwards I
1: laughed, but I was serious because I you know he's fast, he's smart, he's a player Klinsman likes, he's a prime player that Klinsman will play out of position
0: yeah uh I feel like you you'd be using like a context for like next thing you know abusers no, no no no, it. I said <laughs> I think
1: he would be a vi I think he would be in Klinsman's eye a viable option, and he was
0: okay okay, yeah. uh, we-, we can
1: go back and check the tapes on on. Uh,
0: Matt so you you personally thought that from what you saw from Matt Beisler at center back that he could play left back? Yeah, really? Okay.
1: Oh, I thought you would going to think that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so you did there? Did not think he was he would be a viable option?
1: Well, I didn't. I was like, it intrigued me. I just didn't think it would actually. I, I didn't actually think it would happen, but I thought it was something Jurgen Klinsmann might think about okay. doing. Uh, yeah. <laughs> like, it's not like one of those things where, like, oh, you can. Or is going to play, pull a ticket left back. No, this was actually something that, you know, made sense. Because we didn't have any left back options, really. I think we were talking about the January camp and who could play left back in those games. Kellen Acosta ended up playing there.
0: Okay. That makes sense. So, uh, that's. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna book Jossie's artist right back in this episode, <laughs> and then maybe six it. months down the road. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it'll be, it'll be uh, episode,
1: 50. Right episode fifty. Episode <laughs> fifty.
0: <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, what was the third thing that you learned, though?
1: Well, I was gonna put Dempsey still has it and something like that. And oh, I, like I
0: literally that. put that. Like, last yeah, episode.
1: I know. I know. So I just had to stay away with that. And I said Bobby Wood will be sorely missed in this next match. One because he makes such intelligent runs. He was a handful for this Ecuadorian defense. Two, he links up well with Clint Dempsey. Three, our backup forward is Wondolowski, Chris Wondolowski. And a huge part of me really wants Wando to redeem himself against Argentina and score like a brace or something. But I, I, think Argentina or I think the U.S. are going to start Zardes up top, and I don't think Wondolowski is good enough to beat Odomendi and the legend that is Ramiro Funes Mori. I think, um, I, well, maybe he is. I don't know. I, I, I just would not want to see Wandalowski starting. I know you think he'll probably go to a 4 3 3, but I think Dempsey just plays too well with another striker up top with him. And I think hopefully it's Zardis up there and Fabian Johnson or and Graham Zuzzi on the wings or something of that nature.
0: Yeah. I, I, I mean, I think that Wandalowski wor- would work best in a 4 3 3 with this team.
1: Well, where does Dempsey play? I don't know about that.
0: Oh well, yeah, that that well, that's it. Well, I mean, luckily for Dempsey, if if we try to play him at number ten, we have enough center mids out to to, <laughs> to to try something else. That's true. Um, but I don't know. We, we might be too uh, defensively liable if we were to do that. But um, th- the whole thing changes. Is I want to see Pulisic on the field. So
1: that's not gonna happen. <laughs> I hope it does. It's not gonna Against Argentina In a semifinal. That's his first start It's not gonna happen Well why hasn't he started uh, well, I don't I, I don't know
0: But yeah I mean I don't think Zardes I think Zardes Up top With Clint Dempsey Is the most You can replicate right. Bobby White
1: Unless sick plays Like a second striker Cause he's listed As a forward So I don't know That's true
0: actually Yeah
1: But I think he's more Of a forward As a winger But we'll see I, I don't know What will happen Play John Brooks up there.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it might work. He has the heading ability. Um, yeah, mine's also actually about Bobby Wood. Um, but mine is more like a long-term. And I, I was going to say that Bobby Wood should e- should start even with Josie Altidore in the lineup.
1: So... No Dempsey, not
0: not, not not Josie Altador in the lineup. Josie Altador in the picture. Oh, okay, the, okay, uh, okay, sorry, so, okay. Sorry, with him healthy. Oh, I see. Because I think he makes Dempsey look better, and he actually, Dempsey actually has a lot more. Um, he he, they can play off each other a lot better than Josie Altador can. And I just more I, and more as I'm watching Bobby Wood, I see Josie Altador disappearing from the picture.
1: I, I agree, but looking at our strikers now, our situation now, I would love to have Josie Altador no, as our backup striker, um, or even Jordan Morris. But um, yeah. What about Aaron Johansson? I guess we can directly compare them <laughs> next year. Do yeah, this, this is
0: true. I you know I hope that Aaron Johansson can recover from all these injury issues he's been having, play a full season.
1: No, he's not going to.
0: He's already yeah. missing the beginning of next yeah. season. Well, <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know. I I, I really like Aaron okay. Johansson. Um, but I I don't I, I think that he's never. He's not going to be a starter for the foreseeable future.
1: Okay, that's fair. I I agree with you. I think Bobby Wood... Like I said, Bobby Wood is just such a smart player. He makes such intelligent runs. And I believe...
0: He's definitely not predictable.
1: No, he's Uh, not. He's got to work on his first touch, too, just like Zardes. But...
0: Oh, yeah. I was telling you before. Like, I I think he's he's better with a lot of space. The little touches that that he has to take. Like, he can't play... uh, Like, some of the things that Dempsey does... Uh, connecting the midfield to the attack, he he can't do that.
1: How could his Dempsey at those one-time passes? I mean, he is... so he is so good. Yeah. I, I don't know what I... He, I, he, I think everything bad I've ever said about him because he is such a star. He is so indispensable to this team. It, 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 you know, it's kind of worrisome because maybe we rely on him too much. But... I mean, just tournament after tournament, he scores in the World Cup, in the Gold Cup. He has three goals in this tournament. That's as much as Messi. Yeah,
0: well...
1: I know, Messi didn't play that
0: yeah.
1: much. And he got the ball in one he match. He
0: hasn't played his, this round yet. That's true. Uh, but, so I was going to say, yeah, I mean, I think he and Nagby are definitely... They look like some of the most polished players in terms of those one-touches. Um, but, you know, we don't get to see Nagby. <laughs>
1: I think Nagby pr- probably starts in this match. I hope I it's he not. do I hope it's not Beckerman and Bradley. Yeah. Well, I, I think that's possible, though. Oh,
0: wait. Are we going to wait to talk mostly about this game? About that no, no, no. Let's, t-
1: let's talk about what we want to see okay. next
0: Um, time. yeah, so, uh, Guzan is definitely the starting keeper. Yeah. <laughs> He, by the way, I, I don't think we've talked about it at all. He had a great performance. He's, he has yeah. a great cup.
1: Yeah, he's been playing well. And he didn't play well for Aston Villa, but he showed up. I mean, just quickly, I think I I think I do want to see Yedlin, Cameron, Brooks, Beesler, Fabian Johnson, Darlington Nagby, Michael Bradley, Graham Zuzzi, and then Giussie's Artist and Clint Dempsey up top. I think that makes the most sense. And I think that's. I, I would obviously love to see Pulisic. Don't see that happening. So I think this makes the most sense. Also, with Fabian Johnson and Graham Sousi at left mid and right mid, that gives you a little bit more defensive cover. Zardus and Dempsey can play off of each other, even though I'm not a huge Zardes fan. And so can Bradley Nagby. That may leave us a little bit exposed in midfield. I don't know. I think the more likely option is Beckerman and Bradley in midfield.
0: Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, I definitely think that's an option that makes sense, and at least you'd have a little bit more continuity. Especially, you know, we've we, we've opened up the last two games in the four-four-two, yeah. but um, well, another option is is Fabian
1: Johnson plays left back, and we play Nagby on the wing. I think that's also a decent possibility. Nagby or Pulisic.
0: Yeah, uh, I, I, in the formation that I have, I, I'm going to keep Fabian Johnson at left back, and I'm going to play that same back four that okay. uh, we played in the first three group matches. Okay. And then uh, our th- our three-man midfield will be Bradley sitting in the number six role, uh, which he's basically been doing, even right. even in this two-man midfield, um, with Bedoya and Nagby in front of him. Nagby. Bedoya's suspended. Um, That's a good point. That's the issue. Here. Right, right, right.
1: <laughs> so, I mean, you can have Zuzi in there. You can have Perry Kitchen. You can have Beckerman. You, you, I mean, I don't know. Who do you have?
0: Zuzi, Zuzi, Zuzi.
1: Then who do you have out wide? Zardus. Zardus and...
0: Zardus and Pulisic. <laughs> <laughs> okay. okay. So
1: you want to go back to the 4-3-3.
0: Yes. And
1: but 4-4-2 has worked so well in the last three matches.
0: But I think Bobby Wood's been key to that. That's fair. And Bedor- I, Yeah, I mean, we have different players right now, and we have to change it up. And Pulisic and Nagy on that same left side has worked so well, with Nagy pinching outside and Pulisic pinching a bit in or Wood has also played in that same role but uh, on the left wing I just
1: don't see it happening
0: well fine
1: (laughs) I mean that I hope it does I hope you're right well I just don't see it happening I I, I mean this is Argentina or Venezuela we're talking about
0: (laughs) they're both good teams do you think this lineup is worse or just not what Klinsman wants to do
1: I just don't think... Maybe a three-man midfield makes sense to give us defensive cover. I think the likely choice is Fabian Johnson at left mid. um, Or left... Sorry, left back. Beckerman and Bradley in the midfield. Zussi and Nagby as our wide midfielders. And then Zardes and Dempsey up top. Or Wando and Dempsey and Zardes on the left wing. I think those are the most... I think those are the most likely scenarios. Unless I'm missing an outside midfielder that I can't think of. But,
0: uh... Whenever you do, Klinsman, don't move Yedlin to the outside midfield. Oh, God. <laughs> no, he's not going to do that. No, I, I mean, I, I think that... Yeah, I... I, I mean, I, th- I think what you're saying makes sense, but... I mean, the four three three didn't really wasn't really bad. I mean, th- that's how we opened up against Colombia, right? And I mean, that was Colombia. So, I mean, that that's this probably is potentially
1: a- Argentina. <laughs>
0: I know a better team. Well, uh, uh, I mean, I think we can get two zero three zero no matter what way we open up against Argentina.
1: Yeah, but I would rather have Dempsey in a better position to score in a four four two.
0: I don't. I d- uh, you you trust Zardes a little bit more than I. do. No, separately. I don't trust
1: Zardes. <laughs> I don't trust... Bobby
0: you. Wood does not... Rosardis does not have the hold-up play that Bobby Wood's been, been, been doing. He, the dribbling. The, I mean, I know Bobby Wood's Alright, so let's start, let's start
1: Wando. Let's Bob. start Wando and see what happens. Wando, hat-trick. Wow. I'm calling it right now. Wando, hat-trick. We win 3-2 to two and go to the final to face Mexico.
0: What? <laughs> so you're saying Wando can start but Pulisic can't start? <laughs> I'm saying Wando is more likely to start than Pulisic. I that, that that might be true, but I don't. Wando never really starts for the U.S. national team. He's always been kind of a, a substitute. And
1: but Pulisic never has started for the U.S. I
0: think. <laughs> uh, well, he started for Dortmund, which is more impressive than anything. <laughs> Wando's done. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> I mean, no, no. No,
1: okay. no, no. I don't. I, yeah. I mean, I agree with you. I agree with you. All right. Well, we'll just agree to disagree. We'll see what happens on Tuesday night.
0: Yeah, uh, we have an email, soccerbrotherspodcast at soccerbrotherspodcast.gmail.com. We also have a Twitter uh, and Instagram. Those handles are both at Soccer Bros Pod. Check us out on Facebook. Uh, if you're on iTunes, review, rate us, if you're on SoundCloud, follow, like, listen. Um, thanks for sticking around with us for a year.
1: Yeah, and once again, thank you to our, our fans, our guests, and Ambitious Strike. Go check out ambitiousstrike.com and use the code BROTHERS at checkout for a 15% discount. The link is in the description. Um, But yeah, 50 episodes, man. We'll see you guys for episode 51 of the Soccer Brothers Podcast.